0: This podcast is sponsored by CDO Group, the industry leader in providing a full range of construction and project management services. CDO Group has managed thousands of projects in all 50 states. Their group of experts provide systems, processes, and procedures to make sure that your projects turn over on time and on budget every single time. With over 24 years of experience, CDO Group is the industry's leader in construction management and general contracting services. To find them, go to Group.com. Hi, and welcome to the Future of Development podcast. <sighs> My name is Anthony Monatecki, and I'm here to inspire people to find amazing careers in the construction development world. If you like our podcast, please make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really like our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Welcome to the Future Development Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Malategi, and today I'm joined by the legendary entrepreneur, Mike Melatesta. Mike's created two multi-million dollar companies and sold them both. He's got a podcast called How Did It Happen Podcast, and he's got a new book coming out on November 30th called Owner Shift. It's a great new book talking about how to get unstuck as an entrepreneur. With that, let's give a big warm welcome for Mike Melatesta. And Mike Welcome to the show. You know, I'm excited about uh, your new book you got coming out. Uh, so, w- when's the release date?
1: First of all, thanks for having me on the show. The release date is uh, November 30th, November 30th, 2021. Depending on when you're listening to this episode.
0: That's awesome. You know, uh, you know, th- the book is uh, exciting. You're, you're, you know, I'm excited about reading it. Uh, what was the uh, driver for you and got you uh, uh, into this idea? The longest short story is that <laughs> I've been
1: wanting to write a book for a long, long time. Um, I was an English major in college, although, you know, I wasn't, I don't think I was destined ever to be a writer, but I thought, you know, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, I started writing down things, and I thought, one day, you know, I'm going to be an author, and I'm going to make a career out of being an author, and then, um, you know, work got in the way, and family got in the way, and my mind got in the way, and, you know, I just, I, I would do little spurts, Anthony, and then I would stop. And I had no organization to it, nothing. And then, um, when I sold my first business in 2015, I thought, okay, this is finally the opportunity, right? So, um, you'd think, well, I got to work and I just cranked this thing out, but no, I drug my feet for another couple of years doing all, letting all other things get in the way. But in 2019, I wrote a goal to do the book, to write the book in 2020, and what I needed was really some help to help me organize my thoughts and organize my process and that kind of thing. So I hired a coach at Scribe Media, which is a fantastic company for anybody who's, who's wants to write a book, Scribe Media. And they basically put together all of the um, the outline for what I needed to do to take this book from the idea all the way through, Anthony. so. Um, I wrote the whole book they didn't they didn't they didn't write the book at all but they really provided me with the system and the structure and so I started that in April and then um, I finished it earlier this year so it took a long time even though I had a lot of stuff written and all that and there you know it's just like anything there were I went down one path then that wasn't the path that was right for the book <laughs> I went down another and you know you know how it goes so finally um, so so finally, I, I finished it earlier this year, and then um, uh, you know, through editing everything, it's going to come out uh, November 30th. So, yeah, it's been a very long process, and but um, uh, but I'm really happy to be here. It's like a you know, it's like finishing anything. It's, it feels really good to
0: finish something. You know, look, everybody has ideas. I, I, I you know, I, I'm writing an idea that uh, I've been I've been putting together. It's called Ten uh, Thousand People I Sat Next To. Right. It's about my travels and sitting in airplanes, and I sit next to the people, and every single person I've ever sat next to has a story. But the idea about writing this out is an idea, right? I, and sitting down, and I've written notes, and I've got it started, but just like you were talking about, I can't tell you how many times I've been stopped by it. All of a sudden you, you're in a practice of writing every day. And then all of a sudden you, life takes over and you got a new thing going on or a new business going on or something that takes you out. And it feels a lot like working out for me. You know, when I'm in a practice, Mm. it's great, you know, and then all of a sudden I get out of practice and it's hard to get my, my rear end from the couch back to the, to working out again, right? That's the that's the hardest yeah, part about the workouts sure. is, is getting back into it, and I think that you know what you talked about is getting some outside help, getting a coach, someone to help you stay in uh, integrity. You know, someone who helps, uh, you know, kind of be your integrity coach, and and maybe even and maybe even help sort out some of the thinking, right? Oh, I mean, for sure. Yeah, yeah, great point. Yeah. Be- so with the with
1: the program that I was in. You know, you write, 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 write. They have a call every week to support you. You get, you know, a couple of calls with editors along the way if you're stuck in that kind of thing. And like I mentioned to you, you know, I was going down one path and then, you know, I changed. Well, that that first change came from a, from a call with somebody who actually knows what they're doing. They know how to put a story together. They know how things should make sense. And when I told them, you know, what I was doing, they were like, hmm, maybe... You know, and they gave me a suggestion to go a different way, which was a, which was a better, which was a better way, that I wouldn't have seen on my own. So yeah, having it you know, coach in business, coach in sports, coach in life, coach in writing.
0: You know I was, I was uh, with a little lady yesterday, and she was telling me this story, right? and it, it made me laugh. She mm-hmm. goes, "My granddaughter came over to me and gave me these necklaces that were all kind of in a knot." And her name is Carol. And Carol's, uh, you know, she goes, "I, I, they're all in a knot." And I kind of looked at them and I pulled them, and I, I realized, I, the more I pulled, the more they, uh, the, the tighter they got. And I think sometimes that's like our ideas, right? The more I try and like force it, the tighter they get. Oh, yeah. She goes, "I went over and I, uh, I realized I needed some outside help." And the whole thing, she was trying to teach me about outside help. And she goes, "I, uh, I first I laid them out on a on a cloth," and she goes, "I kind of." opened them and spread them out a little bit. And then she goes, I went and got some outside help. I went and got a big magnifying glass. Right. So she went over and mm-hmm. got the magnifying glass and she, and she looked at it and, and she could notice, you know, the magnifying glass helped her see the easy ones. She goes, well, there, there was a couple that were easy. So she got the, the easiest one first. And then she got the second easiest one. And then she got the third easiest one. And by the time she got to the fourth and fifth one, they almost fell apart. And uh, mm-hmm. I thought to myself, Write a great metaphor for what we do, right? Getting, getting a coach like you have, getting outside help to help you with a book and start to look at the ideas, right? And start to notice that, all right, I, I sat down, I've got this idea. I want to start to, to go on it, you know, and getting some help, seeing some paths that didn't work, right? And all of a sudden you see one that does, and then the inspiration comes and okay. it rejuvenates the whole idea. And just like her, as soon as you get the one pulled out, it's like, oh, wow, that's making it a lot easier.
1: I love that story.
0: I thought so too. I I thought it was a great story too.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. You ran into her yesterday, and then we were talking about this today. You know, and relating it to to my story. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, she's a she's a she's got wisdom, and not only that, she writes cartoons. So she sends me cat oh. cartoons. Uh, <laughs> I was on a Zoom call with her, and it was a Zoom call uh, where she was telling me a story, and she was writing me uh, cat cartoons. She sends me cat cartoons like once or twice a month that are really funny, and uh, she loves cats so. Uh, Carol, the cat cartoon lady. So that being said, uh, so keep going about the book. Uh, you're, you 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 get inspired. Uh, you work with the folks yeah. to start to write the book. Let's go back a little bit about your history because you've got a great business history. You know, the stuff that you've done uh, throughout your career has been pretty dynamic. Why do let's get the audience kind of up to speed about who you are and how you got into the, uh, uh, into the book writing business.
1: I was a kid that was raised outside of Philadelphia in a great family from the time I was four years old, Anthony, I just had a love of trucks. We lived across the street from a construction company. And in the summer times I would sit on the curb and I would watch these guys you know, bring their trucks back at the end of the day. And I was just so sort of enamored with, you know, the smell and the dust and the sounds. And I thought to myself, man, I, that's something I want to do. My dad was a truck driver as well, but I never got to go to work with him. So I could only imagine, you know, what he was doing. And I kind of lived that through these guys across the street and they were so nice. They would park their trucks and they would come over and give me something out of the, you know, leftover from their lunch or maybe a quarter or a nickel or dime or whatever it was those days and it just kind of like an entrepreneurial seed was planted on in me, you know, when I was sitting on that curb. And then for a long time, it went away. You know, I went to high school, I went to college. And uh, in those days, that was, you know, in the the early uh, 80s, early to mid 80s, there wasn't really a lot of, I don't, I don't remember anybody in my fraternity, for example, wanting to be an entrepreneur or saying, I'm going to go start and own a business. You know, it was all about getting a getting a job, uh, or going further in school, you know, getting your MBA, becoming a lawyer, becoming a doctor, whatever. Um, and that just wasn't what I wanted to do. So when I was in, um, I actually dropped out of college my second semester of freshman year because I had a job at this local cemetery. And at the cemetery, I got to, you know, help dig holes to, to bury people, <laughs> cut the grass shovel, you know, plow the snow, do all those kinds of things and I thought, ah, oh, why do I need a college education, man? I got a great job here. I can I can buy, you know, fancy clothes and I have a color TV and nobody else does and that kind of thing. And um, I so when I was so, so I the fortunately, fortunately, the 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 brother who ran this parish cemetery um, you know, convinced me to go to school by telling me he wouldn't he wouldn't hire me, you know, keep me employed uh, after this the, the next summer. So I went back to school. And what really changed my life was between junior and senior year, I got a job driving a garbage truck. You think, oh, gar- why would it? Yeah. Anyway, I just, it was just a love of trucks. I, I wanted a job driving a truck. I got a job driving a garbage truck. Uh, and it was amazing. Uh, I, and, I, and I learned to love the the trash business. And so I, I went to the owner, it was a privately run company. And I said, you know, what, what do I need to do? you know what do i need to do to get a career in this not just you know be a driver i don't mind driving but what do i need to do to get a career and he told me to to go interview with the big with the big boys because they would um maybe they have resources to have you know people like you come in and train them and that kind of stuff he's like i i don't have that here we're a family business that kind of thing so um so i did i got hired by one of the big trash companies and as a management trainee and and i i I went around, I think, six different places in five years. You know, my my whole motto was, if if you ask me to do something, I'm going to say yes, you know, whatever it is. Yes, yes, yes. And ultimately, I ended up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, um, by saying yes. And then I was here, I'm still in the the Wisconsin, I'm still in the Milwaukee area. I was here for um, a little over a year, like 15 months, and they fired me, Anthony, from that job. And so I was... I had no idea what to do. I hardly knew anybody here. I hadn't been here very long. My what? My my wife and I got married just before we moved here, so it was like, nice job, you know. There, you know. And I was I was really at a loss. And I went to I went to get do what I thought I should do, and I applied for a job and got hired thirty days later. Like, here's my new job, you know, because that's what you're supposed to do: get a job. And um, fortunately. I mean, I didn't last at that job more than 30 days, but it was really fortunate in retrospect because there was a guy there, uh, his name was Don, and he was just a complete a-hole. He was, he was uh, you know, a jerk. And he, you know, because he was a jerk, I just couldn't handle working there. And I left, and it made me feel like a real loser because I got fired from my job. I get a new job, and 30 days later, I quit that new job. I'm thinking to myself, what the heck? Few days after that, a guy that I had been working with at the company I got fired from sent me a message. He said, "Hey, if you want to start a business together, give me a call because I want to talk about it." And I was like, "Where did that come from?" Because I didn't know this guy very well. So I went to his house and we had dinner uh, and and some Miller Light and Miller Highlights and and uh, we started talking about what a good idea this would be. And that he would and he'd been a farmer all his life, and I always kind of put these things together you know that seed was sort of in me placed in me when I was four years old and this farmer came along many years later and he gave me whatever I needed to germinate that seed and we put a business plan together and we got the business uh, started and off the ground about six months later
0: wow so you go through this, starting up a, a waste management company, you know, I work for, like, I think, you know, when you and I talked, uh, you know, I worked for, uh, for a very, very famous, uh, uh, waste management guy. And, uh, you know, he started saying, you know, his story is very similar to that, you know, with 5,000 bucks in and a, and a, and a prayer and, uh, you know, goes around knocking on doors and doing that, uh, you know, your early days of being an entrepreneur, you know, like any, anybody who's an entrepreneur, you know, there's some ups and there's some downs. And, you know, so talk to me a little bit about that. So are you, yeah. are you driving the truck? Are you, uh, are, are you doing the accounting? Are you doing the accounting and driving the truck? Okay. Yes. And yes. And yes.
1: And if you ask me if I'm doing more and more and more, the answer is yes, and yes, and yes. So Butch, Butch is, is the, the farmer who, who, who I ended up partnering with and, and Butch, Butch and I had very complimentary skills. He was you know, he was the kind of guy that, like a lot of farmers, they can make anything, they can fix anything, they can fabricate anything. They're just super talented and skilled that way. They can figure out problems. And I had very little mechanical aptitude, um, but I had learned something working for uh, Browning Ferris, which was the company I worked for, and and going around to all these different operations and being exposed to all different parts of the business. So I knew a little bit about accounting. I knew a little bit about. HR I knew a little bit about routing I knew a little bit about a lot of things but um, it was just the two of us and so yes w- here was the thing butch was the main driver and then I would drive whenever we needed a second person and then when I was driving full-time then we would hire a driver and I would go back to part-time driving and so I was sales uh, accounting, collections, um, marketing, you know answering the phone you know you name it. Sending the invoices, going to the mailbox, you know, going to the bank to put the checks in, uh, you know, just that's the stuff that you do, you know? And it was, and I loved it. Yeah. I loved doing that. Loved doing all of that. And um, it's interesting because in the book, I split my, I split the book up into four parts. And the first part is dream. And that's the part I'm describing now. It's like when it, when you get this thing off the ground and you're like, oh my God, this is like the, the best thing ever, you know? And the second part is grind. And grind is what grind is what often replaces the dream. And then the third part is break, which is what happened to me. I literally, you know, broke. And then the fourth part is breakthrough. So you break, you know, what do you do to get you know, are you gonna stay broken forever? Or are you gonna get, you know, to where you actually where you actually wanna be. So to answer your question directly, I we we both did whatever we needed to do. Butch always said, you know, it's a good thing we have strong backs because our brains <laughs>
0: Well, you know, and it's it's such a great business because, you know, uh, it is a recurring revenue, right? But but there are a lot of you know uh, there are some big boys and some big companies out there you're competing with. But uh, you know, I I think having that uh, like like anything, being an entrepreneur isn't always about I've got these really tough competitors out there as much as the customer relationships that we build, where customers actually love having you guys. Uh, right? And and talk to me about that. So how do you you start to build customers uh, as your, you know, so you're, my my guess is that you're picking up garbage in the morning and you're marketing at night. Yeah. So we were, we, so we niched off a little bit. So we didn't do garbage.
1: We started in wastewater. That's right. So going into factories and taking out uh, wastewater. And then, and then we expanded into all other kinds of services that manufacturers need that are waste related and production related. So, you know, it's hazardous waste, sludge, Cleaning machines, cleaning floors, cleaning pits—all of that stuff. But what the the approach that we had was, um, I you know at first we had no we had no business right we we had nothing and so I'm knocking on doors all day long to try to get somebody to say yes, give us an opportunity to do something, and that's how we got our first few clients. And then, and then the sales part went in between the driving part. So a lot of times I would drive somewhere. And I would park the truck, and then I would go in make a sales call, and then I would drive to where <laughs> I was, at, you know, I was actually supposed to be. Um, and then, and then we 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 ended up hiring a like a um, contract salesperson, a person that I knew that came in and 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 helped us, you know, helped us with some of the sales as well. But um, but sales was what I did when I wasn't doing all of the other. Uh, all of the other things.
0: Like every business I've ever started, I look back and, you know, like I can remember when I first started CDO Group, you know, at the time there wasn't outsourced construction managers, right? There was no, uh, you know, maybe if you were a brand and you were at, at, in fourth quarter and you had a bunch of extra projects to do and instead of hiring somebody, you might bring, you know, Hey, can I bring Bob back? He retired. Maybe, Hey Bob, can you do a couple of projects for us in the fourth quarter to help out? And, and I was like, you know, I I kept watching, you know, I'd been through six different companies by that point I'd worked for, uh, you know, some of these really smart guys and I'd built a bunch of companies and I realized there was a need that they were out there buying cows to get milk. All they really needed was development experts, right? They needed someone to help them do this stuff. But when I first made those first phone calls, there wasn't even a business yet, right? There wasn't even, uh, the, the idea of CDO was something we, we sat down, we said, I could see the niche, but people, the audience hadn't seen it yet. The, the, you know, I'd, I would call people and say, hey, um, uh, my name's Anthony, I'm with CDO group, we'd like to uh, outsource your construction management work. And they were like, well, we, we've got a GC. No, 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 we wanna be your, your, your construction manager. And they would go, well, well we've got a construction, Well, can we just do your overflow work? Anything that's over the, the stuff they would do and, oh, great. And then all of a sudden, you know, people, it, the, the, through the conversations I had, I started to invent the business. Right. So yeah. it's it, like literally it, it invented every phone call. I would find the need and there was a remodel here and a program over there. And a, all right. So they wouldn't give me the new store work, but you know, no one, none, nobody in house ever likes to do remodels. It's a pain in the neck and it's you know, it, it interacts with operations too much and it never goes right. They get a lot of complaints. So they like, Hey, we'll give you guys a remodel work. And then, you know, so that, that, you know, you, you kind of invent it every call you make. Was that your experience? Yeah. You know, when you were saying that, I was thinking to myself,
1: the, as entrepreneurs, for example, we get so invested in our own idea and our own explanation of the idea that you know, we don't even see it when we're running up against a wall where someone's like, I don't get what you're saying to me, you know, um, and, and I heard somebody say at once that you have to give a person the medicine the way that they'll take it. Right. And when you were describing that, I thought um, I thought of that, like, you know, you got to keep changing your message until or modifying it or adapting it to the, 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 the ears of the listener. Right. Yeah. OK, got it. Um, I don't know. I, I, most of the people that we were calling on initially, you know, we were kind of begging. So they knew what, what we wanted and they knew that, that they had what we wanted. So I'm not going to suggest for a second that, you know, in the early days we were, you know, good at crafting our message or anything. But later, what I do take a lot of pride in is later we got people to think about how to work with us in a way that they wouldn't normally think to work with us. So they might be, you know, hiring this company to do this, sort of what you described or this company to do this. They're very siloed or, you know, into what, what they think they need. And, you know, we, we um, tried very hard to get them to think of us as someone who could do kind of like what you say, you know, be the construction manager, be the waste manager. You know, we, it's not that we're going to do everything, ourselves, but we're going to make sure that we make your life easy. And we're going to make sure that you don't have to, um, uh, deal with new people coming into your plant and going, well, what am I supposed to do? You know, uh, can you show me what, you know, uh, that kind of, that kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it's
0: exactly what happened. I mean, for me, it's exactly what happened. I, you start to open a dialogue and, uh, you kind of find one that you like. You said I remember begging. I mean, like, like I, I, yeah. I I'm certain that some people gave me work. They, they're like, all right, if we give you a project, we stop calling me every day. <laughs> you know, you're just at a point yeah. where you're so. Uh, you know, and I, I was excited about you know people I'd worked with and relationships, and people could tell that I loved doing the business. I, I was I had a passion about it, and and I, I was really good at it. I had some great relationships with contractors, and and all and all that. And as you start to invent the business. And some of them couldn't even see it. Now I could I could start to really work on uh, you know providing them a, a, an employee uh, on, a, on a weekly basis or a monthly basis, and then uh, you know all of a sudden they could start to see how to work with me in a different way. And then all of a sudden it became really clear that companies shouldn't own cows; they should just buy milk. And today. You know the internal staff to run a development team is, you know, we, we I could I, I happen to be lucky that I saw that in '98, uh, you know '97. I could see I could see that, you know, and, I, and that was just because I'd been through a lot of farms, right? I had been through a lot of the companies, and I I built million dollar, multi million dollar development teams, and I realized that uh, every time we'd we'd. Uh, uh, we break them down, and all of the knowledge was lost because of that. And not only that, all the distraction that was created in developing the team, housing the team, manage the team. You know, the, the companies I worked for sold chicken, or they were bagel companies, or they, they rented videos, or they, they were playgrounds for kids. They, their core company had nothing to do with having to operate a development team or a construction company to build their stores. They just needed someone they could trust. And once we could provide that for them, You know, it became real clear. So, it it was providing a trustworthy mechanism, and 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 that became our model. Like, hey, look, you go do what you do, right? Whatever that is, you do, and we'll do. We'll take care of this, and you know it's done, and it'll be it'll be effective, and you can trust that. Instead of spending, uh, losing your focus, stay focused on what you do. Very smart. So, as you as you start to develop the the idea right and you start to grow uh, the waste management company and you guys get now how, how big do you get uh, over what period of time Well, it was 22 years
1: uh, when we sold that business and we were about 45 million in
0: revenue. Wow that's substantial
1: yeah it were you know it it, it it worked out well, but at the time you know when I was talking about that break period, that was about ten years in and it was we were maybe 10 million or so at that time and uh, <laughs> it was, I thought there's no way we're going to get bigger. In fact, we, you know, my thinking was we, we got to get smaller cause I can't, I can't handle, you know, all of this stuff. And, um, interestingly, you know, what I determined was, and it didn't happen overnight. Like most things don't happen overnight, Anthony. But what I determined was ultimately when I was in, when I was, I, I call it an uncertainty valley. Like I dropped into this valley Ten years or so in, and I didn't know how to get out. And it occurred to me that I was there because that's exactly where I designed myself to be. I talk about the grind part in the book, and grind is something most entrepreneurs are, are familiar with. But most of the grind, you you invite into your life, and then you accept it, and you cuddle it, and you 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 want it, you know, mm-hmm. until you don't. Mm-hmm. And when you don't. You don't. You don't know why. You know. You start telling yourself, "I don't know why I have it." You know, what? It's not fair. Or you have all the. I'm. I'm entitled to something different, or any all of these things. And, and I was playing that blame game too. And then, ultimately, I've. F- I figured out that I got. You know. L- l- yeah, I can't control everything that happens in my life, but almost everything that l- that that led me to the point where I was frustrated, tired, stuck, and uncertain about what to do was happened because that's exactly the system I put in place and I had to change that. Right. I couldn't, if I, if I continued with that, I would just grind myself into nothing as a person or as a leader or anything else.
0: Well, let's hear this because I think this is really key. People don't see this, that I, you know, I create the grind, right? I created, I created my grind, Right. I, and, yeah. and, and I got there was something about the grind that gave me some value. Right. There was there, there was something about me working hard that uh, was very, very valuable for me. You know, it it, uh, it it gave me a sense of value. It gave me a, a look what I what I've done. And to your point, somewhere in there you start to go, OK, it's not sustainable right? I mean, how many, how many years can you, can you run it? Uh, 150% and, uh, somewhere in there you start to, uh, you, you start to back off. And then when you, you make the switch, you know, you know, uh, I, I, I just recently had gone through that where I am not the president of CDO group. And that happened last year. And that was a dramatic change for me as a human being, hmm. right? I, I, I had to bring in uh, a coach, and I, you know, I've been working with this great uh, coach for a while, and and the and the woman was saying to me, she goes, you know, she goes, uh, we just noticed that you walk around poking at everybody. You know, I, I would walk out and I'd 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 be in my office and I would just kind of take the gun out and I'd shh, I'd start loading bullets up and I'd walk out there with my six shooter and start six shooting at, You know, different departments. Oh, look at this. Where's those sales numbers? And where's where's this over here? And how come that project's not turned over on time? And how come you? And yeah, you know, because that was. Uh, you know, I, 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 didn't get to play general anymore. Now there's other people who did that and uh, they did a little bit different than I did. And uh, she she looked at me and she goes, you're missing significance, aren't you? And that's a big reason why I do the podcast today and the other companies that, that we started was because I needed to take a step back and start to notice that it's okay that other people are doing this. It's time for me to serve those people. How do I help them grow? And that yeah. was a whole nother, that was a whole, you know, I, I didn't know that. Well, I, I knew the grind well, right. Cause I'd, I'd yeah. been geared for the grind, but I, I hadn't been how to grow people well yet.
1: Anthony, I, I, so as you were telling that, I was thinking to myself, okay, yeah. So the, see the grind makes you a hero for a while, right? You're the hero because you design a system that brings all the grind to you so that you can have the answer or, you know, shoot the bullets or do whatever is your thing and you're the hero, right? And then you walk away, it's like, yeah, did my job, right? Um, until it doesn't. Until until you no longer feel like a hero, you feel like the person who's, you know, they say that, you know, shit runs downhill, and that's what you start to feel like, even though you created the hill and put yourself, you know, right at the bottom. Um, so you go from king of the hill to to bottom of the hill. But, but from a leadership standpoint, and I talk about this in the book, when I was describing the, the this value, that I, this uncertainty value that I was in, there were a lot of revelations in there. I described one earlier. This one was, I was treating that, that company like it was still a baby. Like everybody in the business and the business itself was still a baby, like we were still a startup. And that's not what the business needed. So, mm. you know, ultimately, you know, I was not, I was not doing my job. I'm supposed to lead this organization and I was not leading the organization. I was, I was caring for it or, or, or or obsessing over it as if it was an infant and still needed, you know, my attention 24 seven. When I had a great team who had lots of good, they had their own attention and talents and skills. And I was not sort of opening the door to that. And, um, that was a big mistake of mine. It definitely set me back, you know, uh, many years. I think.
0: And I think that's a skill that takes. You know, that's like the next evolution of the entrepreneur, right? You, one is the bravery of getting into business, right? Getting there and mumbling, t- stumbling, and, and just being brave to start it. And the grind is a, a great spot to be in. Right? Grind, and, you, and you're, and you're, and you're, sharpening, and you're, you this warrior, this warrior, you know, um, uh, John Bly. As, uh, you know, the transitions of a man, as I I go through that warrior king, that warrior part of me, that, uh, you know, I'm a warrior, I go out there and fight these battles, but I can't do that forever. And then as I start Mm -hmm. to look at, all right, how do I want to be a reverend king, right? How do I want to be, how do I want to let them uh, do that? How do I create great warriors? How do I create great team members that go out and fight these battles and, and I can support them and train them and give them all of the things that uh, I, maybe I never even got. So their path is easier, path is smoother. Maybe there's some gift in, in, in some of the knowledge, but overall allowing them to be the, the, the you know, the, the reverent part of their life, right? Really let them go out and create that. And, you know, I had to continue to look at myself and watch out for my significant need and make sure that I wasn't getting significant being better than others. Right. Allowing others to grow. And then somewhere where I I noticed that about me and started saying, great, it's, this is really about them. And when I can get some significance allowing, you know, when I can serve them, that's, it was a whole nother, a whole nother beast uh, in my ability to grow.
1: I like that uh, warrior to reverent. I hadn't heard heard that before. That's yeah. really
0: cool. He, he, I don't know if you ever read Iron John. Uh, it's a great book. Uh, yeah. he, he talks about uh, for, first of all, John Bly is, is he's a poet. And it, it was, I read a book a week, but I started reading John Bly, and, and he's, it's a difficult book to read at first. And I'm, I'm reading this thing, and I'm like two weeks into it, I'm three weeks into it, I'm like, I mean, what the heck is? And it's, I'm stumbling through the reading, and I'm more frustrated that I can't read the book, and. And then I found him on YouTube, and I heard him talk. And once I heard him talk, it became so much easier for me to 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 read the book. It, it, like then it flowed. I realized uh-huh. he because
1: uh, he had his language. Now. Yeah,
0: he I got his language, yeah. the way that he talked. But it was fun about it, it was he's got uh, you know a, a couple different roles as we go through it. He's got uh, um, he talks about the little boy that we are, and then the monster that we are. Uh, you know, the monster inside of each and every one of us. And uh, he's got this great story that takes you through the, um, this monster they find in the lake, which is really our, our inner beast. And that that part that uh, we lock up and uh, the little boy and the ball and, and it talks about your little boy inside of you and there's a monster and it's got, it's got this, all the different p- components of the male, uh, psyche. And then, uh, you know, the, uh, the key to your sexuality is hidden under your mom's pillow. So it gets a little bit off in this, uh, Freudian <laughs> Freudian thought, Okay. And, uh, so then you, you go off and you become the warrior that you are, but then you come back and you have to realize that the monster says, Hey, you go get the key from your, under your mom's pillow and you go get that. So it's a little bit, uh, out there, but, a, it's a great thought process and to start to look at ourselves and I, I go I, I can relate to the different components of me as a man the the part of me that was the great warrior and I love I love that you know uh, in my office I've got the picture of the Spartan 300s and I uh, the 300 Spartans and I and, and, Leon, and Leonidas and I love that part of my being as a man there's, there's this really strong part of of me but there's also a very sensitive man right who uh, today, allows those those other warriors to be I've got great leaders that run uh, the organizations that I have and and watching them and 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 you know they all do it a little bit differently some are uh, you know really aggressive and some are they're all different and, and playing homage to the way they do it rather than they've got to do it my way because a lot of my insecurities came when people did it differently than I did it right in, in that spot where they were uh, they would um, well that's not how you're supposed to do it well, and I, right? And I would and I would and I would check them and I would and I would test them and I would check on them and, you know, a lot of times the leaders would say, you know, Anthony's going to argue with you, right? He's going he's going he's going to make you prove it, and some of that was great. Some of that is valuable, right? Because I want them to own the way they are and the way they're leading, uh, their people. I, I want them to own that, uh, but there's also a part of that uh, can also be a little insecure because I want them to prove that my ways, not there and, and they, they got to show me that they've got a, a thought about this. And, and the more and more I let go, it is still today an uncomfortable experience, not being in control of, of every, of the world. Cause when I ground, when I was a grinder, cause it's, and as soon as something goes bad, Oh, let me jump in here. here. I'll come down to your department. We'll come over and we'll, <laughs> we'll, 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 come work on, the, we'll come work on this. Yeah, yeah. And they're looking at me like, yeah, we don't need you. We'll get through the grind ourselves. And, uh, yeah, listen, I'll, I'll come down on Tuesday. We can do a whole day of, of calling people. We can do the. <laughs> you know.
1: That. You know, we're both at we're both at a place. Uh, I think where, you know, transform. We're we're not going to be the people who transform our businesses, right? Because we got so much baggage about what should be done, the way it should be done, the way I've always done it, that kind of thing. That where it's tough for us to have the eyes that a new person. Uh, eyes and ideas that a newer person or a different person would have. And yeah, I feel like I'm glad you've done that because that's probably put your businesses in, I mean, the leadership's still important, your ultimate leadership and direction, but it's probably put the businesses in a better, better, better spot to, um, you know, to thrive and, and, and uh, transform and do whatever they need to do to compete and grow.
0: Yeah, but just like you were talking about though, it, it is taking me, you know, to be a leader I believe takes so much work. and it, you know if you're going to be a leader and continue to grow as a man as a leader or as, a, as, a, as, a, as a giver to your company, I have brought in numerous coaches and, and I, you know I, I just uh, was doing one- on ones with, with my leadership group this week. and I said, hey, you know it's been a minute since we've had uh, since the beginning or middle of COVID, we haven't had a, a business coach in here. Uh, for for the for the whole bo- uh, leadership body, and you know we've always brought in uh, great leadership, uh, great coaching folks that have us just look at it a little bit different. If it was a yeah. d- diversity study or uh, a skill sets or or, or time management or um, you know productivity, uh, we've had all kinds of coaches that bring all kinds of different thought ideas in. And I think that's the most thing is you got to be you know constantly working at this level. I think it's even more work. Than I did when I was younger, you know, doing the grind work. Now yeah. I've, you know, it's the books I read, the, the, the conversations I have. That's why I love the podcast. Is I get to be with all these people that have these great ideas.
1: So let me ask you something, if you don't mind. Yeah, right? yeah. Expl- explore this. So one of the things that, um, for me, turned out to be, like, really key to getting me out of this valley and to getting into the breakthrough stage, Anthony, was. Um, The subtitle of the book is how getting selfish got me unstuck. And that sounds terrible, right? Um, But I was, so here's what, here's where my mindset was. And I think it contributed to the grind. You you tell me what you think, but you know, when I first read Jim Collins book, it was like 2001 that came out good to great. And in there, he talks about a level five leader and servant leadership and all of these things. And I read that and I was thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I so want to be a level five leader. I so want to be servant. I think I'm already on my way there, but I want to do more of it. And what I didn't understand about it or what I don't think I understood about it is that I could not be a servant leader or selfless or appear to be selfless to everybody else unless I really understood what was important for me. So I was like I was doing it all wrong. I thought, well, the more I help people and the more I get in people's grills and the more I do all of these things, that's being the selfless leader. That's that's you know, putting putting everybody else first. That's the job I'm supposed to be doing. But but the fact was that for me at least, that was keeping me from the job I was supposed to be doing. And it was grinding, it was part of that 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 grind that we that we talked about. And when I finally discovered that in order for me to make my future my property, I had to be, I had to get selfish. I had to know where I wanted to go. I had to know um, who I wanted to be. I had to do all of these things because I couldn't lead anybody somewhere if I didn't know where I was going in the first place. And being selfless or being servant, at least in the way I was defining servant, was keeping me from doing that. What do you?
0: What is? What do you think? No, about that? I, lo- I love. I love. It. You know, I, I felt like as you were you were talking about, I, I I I could feel that experience. You know, as I I tried to go spin everybody's plates with them, it, it was this uh, never-ending mountain with no top experience, and I'm like, no, 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 no. This is it's it's exhausting, and the yeah. truth was, I was always taking their power away, right? As I right. started to, and you know, um, one of the big lessons I got was. It, it seemed to happen around kids. My, 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 my son was turning, uh, you know, turning 16. And he was there and, and my daughter, my, my daughter just, you know, now he's 19, my daughter's 16. And I wanted to like just control them so much. And I, someone sat down me and he goes, look dude, you got one thing. Your job is done, Your job is don't die. You're making up all this other stuff. You gotta keep you protected from this, you gotta do all that. It was the same thing in business. Don't let the business die. Your, your job is not, it's gonna go through what it goes through. And the people who run the business today, your job is to make sure it doesn't die, right? Make sure you don't do anything so yeah. catastrophe that it doesn't die. But you gotta, and it's hard to sit, and I would lock now, in fact, if you come to my office today, it's still the door shut. And not that anybody can come, they can come in anytime they want, but it prevents me from going out there, right? It, it says, do you really, is this need to be done by you? Is there something else that you, do you need to go jump in that person's business? And, uh, you know, I, I try to leave it to the one-on-ones when I, when I meet with them. Every once in a while, I'll notice a topic that I, I, I definitely feel time sensitive or, um, I, you know, an opportunity to do. Today, I feel like the most valuable I can do is I'm the cheerleader for the individuals. You know, yeah. I, I, uh, I find myself doing uh, spending time with the different employees at the company I'll, I'll I'll pull some aside and get get an hour with them and I meet with the leaders the leaders of the company one on one for an hour a week and I get their strategy right and that, right. that that's so that's really and, and we talk through and I get to know them uh, really you know that hour every week we get pretty intimate uh, I do it in a close place. We have no phones. I, I, I'm very, very intentional about their one-on-ones. I do not let anybody interrupt us. And every once in a while, somebody will, and they'll get uh, that. That's not okay, because I don't get lots of time with them. And when I do, you, they, we, we are together. So it's complete uh, involvement together. And we spend time knowing each other, seeing. I, I make sure I see them as the leaders they are. And then, you know, from there, I, uh, you know, hear what they're up to. And if I get any adjustments, I can, I can make or offer great. I can do that there. Uh, but that, 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 uh, that allows me to, to trust. It's there now every once in a while I can notice I'm in a meeting and I have to bite my tongue. <laughs> like I so much want to tell yeah. somebody they're doing something wrong sure. or, but I, I've just noticed that there's, so And sometimes I can't I, look, I, I gotta be truthful that there are some times where I have, I've been in meetings and I, even at my best self, uh, I got, and I got to watch out for hungry, angry, lonely, tired, right? If I'm uh, as, as a man, if I'm in those stages and I'm in a meeting and something, you know, comes up, um, yeah. you know, like I'm, I'm really tough about turning over projects on time. If a project is not on time or a budget, um, you know, it's like there, there's a couple of pet peeves that are mine, and people know it about me. I'm like, look, you you don't want to miss a, a, a project with me because I believe that there's nothing we can't fix if I know about it fast enough, and the, the team that we have will go out and fix whatever. So it just, uh, uh, but th- that's the experience. So that's the experience is that uh, noticing myself as a man where I have those triggers. Right. So around turnovers or time or a or, or, yep. or problem. And then, uh, you know, telling on myself with those leadership, that leadership body, uh, uh, the people who uh, run the company and, and say, hey, look, this is, you'll notice that sometimes I'll pop up there and look <laughs> at, sometimes they, they look at me like, there he goes. That's, he must be tight. And in fact, they'll, they'll say, uh, if I'm doing a one-on-one with somebody, they go, do you need a nap first? On Thursdays, here it's, it's, it's relentless. Every Thursday. I will leave my office and go take a nap at lunchtime. And I don't know why by the time Thursday comes around, you know, I'm up at four o'clock in the morning. I do my walks. I work out uh, by Thursday midday. I've got a little, I'm a little tired. And if I, I have a couple one-on-ones on Thursday afternoons, they do not want me around when I'm tired. They're like, go mm-hmm. take a nap,
1: take a nap, <laughs> grab a Snickers, uh, you know, like that commercial where they Snickers transforms you into a better person. I like how, you know, so now your role, you know, you've, you've, you've adapted your role to be, you know, about, you know, mission, culture, development, right? And Maybe, oh, and, yeah. and some other things. And that's it. That's, that's, you know, yes, I'm going to every so often, I'm going to get, something's going to bug me and I'm going to, but, um, but you've done a smart thing, right? You've gotten into, this is where, this is where your focus is. And everyone else is focusing on the things that they're best suited to focus on at this point in in the
0: company's life or in your life or in their career or whatever. For sure. And that's, I think that's a part of, you've been their leader for a long time and uh, they, they love being around that, you know, there's, if there's something about just being there for them and them knowing that and, and seeing them, I think that's a big part of it is, is when I can see people, right? When they, they're seen and you know what I mean by that, by be, being seen, like the, it's not just about, you know, Hey, I see you physically, but, then yeah. you know, what the work, the body of work they're doing, uh, what they're going on, yeah. the frustrations they are having care. Yeah. Care. Yeah. It's exactly right. Yeah, being seen, caring about it. Uh, knowing that, you know, people put, you know, especially when you're a leader of a company, people put a lot of work into your company, uh, over time and yeah, yes, they get a paycheck. Yes, that's great. But you know, today there's a lot of paychecks out there that people can have. And I think people, it's really important to people to be seen. I think you're right. Yeah. Well, you know, we've got a long way and I know that we've got a lot going on and we are I don't want to run out of town, but let's, let's kind of get the book. The book's coming out on November 30th. That's right. November 30th. Yeah. And, and where, yeah. where, where are we uh, going to see it? Amazon, it's going to be all yeah. over?
1: Yeah, it's going to be everywhere. So it's called Owner Shift and the shift is kind of cool because it's, it's you know, inverted on the title and it kind of represents that, you know, sometimes you you, you, you know, as an entrepreneur or a leader, you don't want to change easily. You know, sometimes you have to be dragged. And that's kind of what it felt like to me. So the book kind of, kind of says that, but the subtitle is how getting selfish got me unstuck. And, and, and we, thanks for having the chance to throw that by you to see what you thought of, of my thinking on that. Uh, But yeah, it's available on Amazon. My, uh, you can get it on my website at Mike Mike Uh, Malatesta.com. Spell that for everybody. Spell that for everybody. Sure, sure, sure. Mike, M-I-K-E-M-A-L-A- dot com. thank you uh you can also listen to my podcast it's called how did it happen where i um share amazing success stories that activate the greatness in you um and yeah check me out on linkedin so Great. anthony thanks so much for for having me on and having this opportunity to get to know you better and talk about me and my 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 book and Hopefully we shared some, some good value for your listeners.
0: Mike, it's great. I love the stories, and I look forward to us doing this more. I'd love to make sure that uh, as the book comes out, uh, our audience gets uh, goes goes out and gets a copy of it and really supports you uh, in this endeavor. It's, it's been great talking to you in the pre-meetings we had. Great, and uh, I look forward to us having more podcasts. I'll come over and do one over on your podcast uh, whenever, whenever you need whenever, whenever you can. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. I love it. Thanks a lot for uh, being on here and uh, I'm grateful. Thanks for joining us. My name is Anthony monotegi always looking for people to bring insight into the industry, finding ways to inspire people to have amazing careers in the development world. If you liked our podcast, make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really liked our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Thanks again for listening. Please share with your friends.